Goedemorgen jylle, good morning. My name is Bernard, as Davi has mentioned. It's awesome as we were worshipping. I just had this picture of tuning forks. Who knows what a tuning fork is, what a tuning fork looks like, what it's used for. So if you knock it against something and it vibrates, and it's used to make sure your instrument plays at the right pitch and tone. And um, as we were all worshipping, I just had this picture of all of us that are tuning forks, and we're all being knocked against Jesus, and we're all vibrating at exactly the right frequency, all you know, of one accord worshipping the Lord. So, yeah, just sure I, uh, thought I'd share that. That's awesome. That was a great encouragement while we were worshipping. So, recently... My daughter was studying for English, and specifically English tenses. So I'm going to ask a question if you're an English teacher. Don't correct me, because I might be wrong. How many tenses does the English language have? Not you, Joe. How many tenses does the English language have? I heard something. Three. It's in the right area. I mean, yeah, yeah. In broad strokes, there are three, eight. Twelve. Twelve. So there are a present tense and a future tense and a past tense. So in broad strokes, three. But each and every one of those tenses have four, I don't know what you call them, sub-tenses. Again, don't shoot me if I'm using the incorrect words. So there are actually 12 tenses in the English language. I didn't know that. So one of the tenses, one of the present tenses, is the present continuous tense, or the present progressive tense. So what does that mean? So the present progressive tense means an action that is happening exactly now and is continuing to happen. And you form it by using the verb like is hiding Johnny is hiding so that is happening exactly now so I actually don't see little Johnny here so he is hiding and it is continuing to happen because I still don't see Johnny here okay so that is the present progressive tense it is in progress as we speak awesome so let's park that I'll get back to the present progressive tense in a minute This morning, I want to look at God's great, limitless, and unsearchable love for us. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19 says, is it up there? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend along with all the saints... What is the breadth and length and height and depth of God's love? The NIV adds that, of God's love. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses our knowledge. We cannot comprehend or understand the love that God has for us. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So this scripture means there is absolutely no measure 
for God's love and no limit to God's love. God's love for us is completely and utterly infinite. God loves us. You know, that is the truth. That is the absolute truth that God loves us. God loves you, each and every one of you. You may not feel that that's true for you this morning, but that is the truth. So what does the English tenses have to do with God's love? Okay, so in the week, I have two unrelated compartments in my brain. So that's what they say about the brains of men. You know, we've got these compartments and we've got the nothing box. So I was having two different unrelated boxes. In the one box, I was studying scriptures uh, about God's love. And so I was having all of these thoughts, concepts about God's love floating around. And in another box, I was describing, explaining English to my daughter. And as I was explaining the present progressive tense, the Holy Spirit dropped a thought into my heart. And the Holy Spirit says, my love for you is present progressive tense. My love for you is exactly now. And it is in progress for all eternity. That is the tense in which we describe God's love for us. Present progressive tense. So that's the awesomeness of the Holy Spirit. Connecting these unrelated compartments into something amazing. Into a revelation. So God is loving us. That is the present progressive tense. He is Loving us. God's love is happening moment by moment and for all eternity. So now little Johnny has to come out sometime. He cannot hide forever. Right? But that's not the same with God. Our God loves always. His love for us is always, always in progress. Paul asks a question about God's infinite love. In Romans 8, verse 35. So Paul asks, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's a little bit of a rhetorical question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Then he mentions a few things. Shall tribulations, troubles and trials, shall distress, persecution, if we are persecuted, shall that separate us? Famine, nakedness, danger, the sword. And then he answers his own question three verses later. In Romans 8 verse 38 and 39. So what is the answer? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Paul says, for I am sure, I am absolutely heart convinced absolutely convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of 
God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a beautiful scripture. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter. Because God loves you. God loves you. There is nothing in the universe, nothing in all creation, nothing that is currently happening in your life, nothing that is ever going to happen in your life, nothing now, nothing to come, nothing physical, nothing spiritual, nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. Now, isn't that the most amazing, reassuring message? I mean, that's what we'd like to hear from those who love us, right? doesn't matter what you do. And I tell my kids all the time, it doesn't matter what you do. I will always love you. You mess up, that's fine. We can deal with the consequences, and there will be consequences, but I will always love you. So for us as earthly parents, we love our kids. We love our kids to succeed in this life. We would love for them to overcome all the troubles and trials and difficulties of this life. We go to great lengths to ensure that our kids are equipped as much as we are able to equip them to handle life's difficulties. We give them everything we can. Extra tutor classes for math. Because we all need that, don't we? Extra art lessons or you know, music instrument lessons to develop some talents in them. We make them participate in sports. It teaches them. teaches them discipline. teaches them healthy habits. Likewise, spiritually, we build into our kids spiritually. We build into them a love for Jesus. They need to love Jesus. We build into them a love for God's church. For those of you who are in a community with us and you attended last week, Wednesday's community, we watched an amazing video on this is church. What is church? What is God's plan for the church? And so we build a love of church into our kids because Jesus loves church. That means we need to love church and they need to love church. We pray for them for good friends for good godly friends. Just a rabbit trail on church. Something that also came up while we were watching the video on church is you know, teaching your kids how to choose a good church. How do you look at church? How do you know this is a good church? If they go somewhere and they go out and they go and study and there isn't a 412 or a Josh Jen, how do you know what is a good church? We build these things into our kids to make sure they succeed one day. Luke 11 verse 13 says, If you then, you earthly parents, me, me as an earthly dad, if you then who are evil, we are not perfect. We make mistakes all the time. I tell my kids as well, I do make mistakes, but God doesn't make mistakes. I think you also said that the other day, Davi. If my, my kids can actually manage to obey me, 
They will just have a much better time obeying God because I make mistakes, but he doesn't. So if you then who are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit? How much more will he give you the gifts if you ask him? There's another verse in James that says, Every good and perfect gift is from the Father above, the Father of lights. So likewise, God is our daddy. God's our father. We are his kids. And he wants the best for us. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to be equipped to overcome He wants us to overcome this world. And there are many challenges for us as children of God. Scriptures tell us you will face trials, challenges, and temptations of many kinds. But count it pure joy, my brothers, if you do, if you're persecuted for my name. Because that will happen to us. But God gives us everything we need as his children to overcome. Romans 8 verse 37 to 39. It says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Overcomers. It's the same Greek word for conquerors and overcomers. We are more than overcomers through him who loved us. Not through ourselves. We cannot do it by ourselves. But through God and through his love for us. Then he continues. That's the verse we read earlier. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what do we see in the scripture? We see three things here. Well, we see many things, but I'm only going to unpack these three things. So we are called overcomers. That is what God calls us. For you are more than overcomers. What is the second thing? God helps us to overcome. Why? Because he loves us. He wants us to succeed. And the third thing. The love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is the manifestation and the revelation of God's great love for us. His love is made manifest and visible in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Jesus is the reason that we can be called conquerors. We cannot conquer without Jesus. 
John 3.16 says, and it's a very well-known scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. Who is the world? We all, us, we are the world. God so loved us that he gave his son Jesus that whoever believes in him Thank you, William. That's what you shared, right? That whoever believes in Jesus, that's the condition. We're all overcomers if we believe in Jesus. He gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not die, will overcome and get to eternity. We will overcome death. Just like Jesus overcame death when he was resurrected. So God giving up his son for us. Having his son Jesus killed for us. Is the greatest act of love. It's the greatest love gift of all time. God loved us so much. God knew that we were slaves. We were slaves to sin. God knew that we were all in bondage. We were stuck. God knew that we would never be able to overcome the plans of the enemy. This world. So God made a way for us by sending his son to die. Romans 5 verse 8. It says, But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus didn't come to die because we loved him and he reciprocated our love. We didn't reciprocate his love. We didn't even know him. And he came to die for us. How amazing. Romans 5 verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. This is the wonder of God's love for us. Is God loved us before we loved him. And he was willing to sacrifice for us before we ever knew him. In these days, if somebody sacrifices something for somebody they don't know, they are hailed as heroes. You know, when somebody jumps in front of a car to save somebody, it's like, yeah, you're a hero. Jesus was the hero of heroes with a capital H. Because he didn't only save one person. He saved billions by dying for us, for each and every person on this earth that has ever lived and will ever live. So Jesus saved us before we realized we needed to be saved. John 16 verse 33 says, 
I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. There is peace in this world if you are in Jesus. In the world you will have tribulation. I just said that earlier. We will be persecuted. We will have tribulation. You know, the blessing that the Bible speaks of isn't a smooth, easy life. It is finding peace in your storm. And it says, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus was our first overcomer. And we all can only follow in his footsteps because he was the first. He opened the door for us. And his dad, God, God the Father, loved him and loved us. One John five verse four to five says, "For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world." That's the caveat of the situation. That's the condition. Have you been born of God? Because it is there for us to be overcomers. Everything has been completed. It is finished. That's what Jesus said. It is finished. But you have to be born of God to overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. We spoke about faith last week. Our faith in Jesus. So who is it that overcomes the world except the one that believes That Jesus is the son of God. You will be called an overcomer. If you believe that Jesus is the son of God. So the Bible tells us many times over. That we are overcomers. If we're in Christ Jesus. Because he was sent to overcome the world. And we can overcome in him. The Bible is full of references of God's love for us. Immeasurable, more than I can read this morning. I'm going to quote 73 scriptures this morning just to show you God's love. (laughs) That's a joke. I'm not going to quote 73 scriptures. I'm just going to read Psalm 119. (laughs) Psalm 139 is a awesome amazing psalm written by david that illustrates how deeply jesus knows us how intimately he knows us how deeply he loves us how deeply he is involved in our lives so verse verse one says you have searched me and you have known me how awesome is it That you are known by God. Verse 3 says, You are acquainted with all my ways. Everything I do. 
Something I didn't put here. The next verse says, even before a thought is formed on my lips, you know it. Verse 4 says, you hem me in from before and behind. You surround me. You protect me. You love me. It's what we do with our kids when they're small, right? You hem them in from before and from behind. You make sure that it is safe for them. And as they take their first teetering steps, you're there. You let them walk their walk, but you're constantly there making sure that everything is fine and they don't fall and they don't hurt themselves. Well, too badly. It's part of growing up to get hurt, right? God hems us in from before, from behind. Verse 10 says, no matter where I go, there you shall lead me, and there your hand shall hold me. Again, what a beautiful picture of God's love for us. In verse 17 and 18, I'm reading this quote, Quote, unquote, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they are more than the sand. So how many of us would even try and count the number of grains of sand in a 30 seconds timer? This scripture says more than all the sand on earth. That is how much God thinks about each and every one of you. You are always on his mind. I'm thinking about that song. It's... Okay, my wife says I should not sing. She has heard me sing. So. We're always on God's mind always you know if you think you love your husband or your wife and you think that you're doing a semi-okay job of you know i'm always thinking about my wife and if i'm off somewhere and i think hey i see something on the shelf i think she might like it you know she's on my mind yeah i mean i know you wanted a new iron um <laughs> It's an Apple product, and I run. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so you think that you've always got, you know, your loved ones or your special ones or your kids on your mind. That, that doesn't even, it's not even an iota of the amount of thoughts that God has for you and that you are on his mind. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. God is glad that he made you. He is glad that you are you. He will quiet you by his love. So you've got this picture of somebody going through a tough time, your kid coming home, something happened, and you quiet your loved one with your love. Come and sit on my lap. 
That's okay, my darling. That's okay. He quiets us with his love. And he exalts over you with loud singing. God sings over you. How awesome is that? We sing unto God, but God sings over us. And then it says, Corey was here. So she got hold of my notes. I'm sorry. Okay, so I'll end with a quick look at one of the most well-known chapters in the Bible when it comes to the topic of love. Who's going to volunteer a guess which chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. It's a very, very famous chapter on love. I'm not going to read it all. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 to seven. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, to the Corinthians. And he was exhorting them, telling them, encouraging them to love each other among the saints in this way. This is God's love. So how awesome would it be if a husband and a wife could love each other this way, right? There would be absolutely no fights in that marriage. <laughs> My wife chuckles. We had, a, we had a few words yesterday evening, to be open and honest, um, but uh, I think we're fine now. Um, So think if a husband and wife would live out this to the letter. I think if all the saints in church, in this church, all of us, loved each other in this way. How amazing that would be. What a difference we would make in Otson, in the Karua, in the Western Cape. So I phone right to Amas? Okay. But here is the thing, church. Here is the thing for us this morning. Is we are loved like this. Each and every one of us is loved exactly like this. Exactly now. And for always and ever into all eternity. This is God's love for us. 
always, continuing forever and ever through his son, Jesus. John 15 verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this. There is no greater love that someone would lay down his life for his friends. So there has no greater love been shown to man than Jesus having laid down his life for us. To provide us direct access, a direct relationship between us and God. Think of the curtain that tore when Jesus died. Symbolic of how we can get into the Holy of Holies. How we can get straight into God's presence. So who is it that overcomes? Except the one who believes Jesus is the son of God. Jesus says, I have overcome the world already. And Paul says, in all these things, we are already more than overcomers. Through God's love for us. Through him who loves us. I'll end with one scripture. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10. So it talks about being in Jesus, being born of Jesus. The one who believes in Jesus. Romans 10 verse 9 to 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will overcome. Then you share in the overcoming of Jesus. For with a heart you believe and you are justified. And with your mouth you confess in front of all and you are saved. Let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, I really pray that you would give us a revelation of your love for us. I pray that as we face the trials and tribulations of this world, that we know in our heart of hearts that we are overcomers through your love. You have already called us overcomers, Lord Jesus. Help us to face our trials with joy. You said, count it all joy, my brothers, if you suffer trials of many kinds. Help us to experience your peace that transcends all our understanding. Human language isn't enough to fully describe your love. It is just too big. But our language and our comprehension is adequate to understand your love for us. It is adequate for us to understand that it is so much bigger 
than what we are able to do in and of ourselves. I pray that you bless each and every person here this morning, Lord, with a revelation of your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus.